So here's what we thought. We thought, you know, after essentially 30 years of consolidation, thereabout, there should finally be a place somewhere that encourages radio employees, you know, the people creating radio every day in the United States and in other places too. We looked around, there wasn't a single place that did this. So we invented it. Welcome to the Radio Rally on Clubhouse. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving good advice, sharing some stories of some really amazing radio people, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. Today's live event will also be a podcast called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast and will be available within about an hour of the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating audio footprint and distributing them. Meet our guests live on the Clubhouse app or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything. We actually have two different podcasts. The Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast, that's for our Wednesday event, and the Encouragers the Radio Rally Podcast, that's our Monday events, and both are available right now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Today is Labor Day, September the 6th. Can you believe it? Uh, this year is screaming by or going really slow, depending on how you feel about it. Of course, today we've decided to plan a kickback event. Is that the way you say that, a kickback event? I don't know. That that may not sound exactly right. But it will once I do this. Uh, John Anthony is here. John is the managing partner of No Shoes Radio Inc. That's Channel 57, Sirius XM. And, of course, he'll be joined by, and I always get freaked out with these really unusual names, by the way, which is a compliment to anybody who has an unusual name, Caress have a lot. I, I hope I'm saying that right. Listen to everything that this woman is doing. She's an on-air personality with Des Moines Radio Group, Saga Communications. She's middays at Star 102.5, afternoons on 93.3 KIOA, and brand manager for 93.7 The Outlaw. Before we get started with our guest today, next Monday, don't forget, it's our Rise Up Early and Get the News live event. September 13th, Dale Carter, who's the program director and morning show talent for KFKF 94.1 in Kansas City, will be joined with Leslie Lotto. Maybe you don't know Leslie, but you might. She's the owner of something called Remote News Service. We're going to find out the scoop from both of them. It's going to give us a real really interesting difference between these two career paths. See our guest calendar all the way into October at this point on our blog at rainmakerpathway.com. We have encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series and even more encouragement for local radio sellers with our encouraging sales success series, as well as resources that are free for anyone earning their living in the radio business today. We don't lock away anything on our website the way some other consultants do. That's because we believe in uh, 
well, we just believe in being very giving. We believe that's going to come back to us. So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime and see what you can get from our team for free. Please follow the people that you see on stage tonight at this event. Look around the room. Connect with people who are here while you are with us tonight. And, of course, we do encourage always to uh, engage in networking for your broadcast career. That's why we like for you to show up to our clubhouse events. My name is Lloyd Ford and I am with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Our clients love how our exclusive music lab prevents music drift and improves ratings. Our morning show fame development coaching also puts the accent and action in the right place to build opportunity for robust ratings growth. You can ask us about encouragement too. It's one of our services. 2022 revenue will come from ratings and that comes from strength of brand. That's what we do. Know somebody with some challenges? We'd love to help them. Reach out anytime. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Of course, we like to weigh in. We like to check in with Heather Froglier, Riverside, San Bernardino. How are you, Heather? I'm doing good, Lloyd. It's hot and, uh, you know, it's uh, Monday, so just chilling out. Oh, yeah. It's always good to do that on a Monday because that means you've got the day off for a holiday. Yay. Or, <laughs> or wait a minute. Does that mean that to you, by the way? I would like to know that. Or have you been working today? I work pretty much every day. Yeah. I didn't work so much today. I will say that. It's been, uh, right. it's been nice. So. All right. Way to go. All right. Now, look, you know that life today moves at such a fast pace that there are often these major events that just seem to fade into history more rapidly than we would like as new things get our attention, like COVID-19. Mm -hmm. We've been going through that forever. Can you tell us about remembering the 58 plus two and your candlelight vigil that's coming in October? This is an event coming in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be the fourth anniversary of uh, Route 91 Harvest Festival. And so we uh, team up with the city of Corona out here in Southern California to hold a candlelight vigil. They built a beautiful memorial in Corona because we had several lost from that city. And so we'll be executing that again um, on October 1st, which will be the fourth anniversary. This is a very important uh, day for lots of Southern Californians because we're very close to Las Vegas. It's not out of the norm for people to travel to Las Vegas to go to catch a show. And um, looking back on on covering that broadcasting from Route 91 over the years, um, you know, we had 10 staff members that attended to broadcast and we sent 150 listeners to that. Wait, 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 wait. So at that event, you had 10 people from the radio station? Yes. Yep. Yep. And we uh, gave away 150 tickets to it. So, needless to say, the you know the the day it happened or overnight, you know, we woke up in the middle of the night to hear what was going on, and we got on the phone with every one of our winners to check on him. And thankfully, you know, everybody came back, um, and our staff came back. But it's something that's really important to the country community. Uh, especially here in Southern California. So really honored to to put this on once again. I, I, I love how connected you are. And I love, how, you know, uh, how your, your, your radio station sends people to different events. And, of course, you know, it's always that challenge when you become part of a news event. It's like, oh, 
you know, I, I mean, you immediately had to be worried. Oh, I was freaking out. I mean, that was the one year that my then program director and I decided to stay home. I think we both had something with our daughters. And so we had some other uh, announcers and promotions people that went to cover it. And I, I don't know, I, I maybe you have that survivor's guilt. But, um, you know, we got on the phone and we started calling, trying to locate all of our staff, all of our listeners. And again, thankfully, everybody came home. That's not to say that there weren't injuries. And, you know, we keep in touch with these people um, through social media, of course, and sure. blood drives. And we're having a blood drive on the first as well. And, you mm. know, it's just one of those things you'll never forget. Well, and I'm going to say this to you, too. I mean, you don't like to think about this, but you ever have one of those experiences like, if I had taken a left turn here, maybe this yep. would have happened. Maybe if you'd have gone to Las Vegas, uh, it yeah. may not have turned out as well as it did, right? It's so strange because two, part of my morning show and one of my promotions people actually decided to skip Jason Aldean. They had been working all day broadcasting and they were tired. Sure. And they left between the set change and decided to go back to the MGM to have dinner. And, you know, you got to wonder what what motivated them to leave. You know, they're they got lucky, I guess. So no doubt. No yeah. doubt. We're, well, listen, onward and upward. Yep. So you've got a really great guess for us, don't you? I do. And I know how to pronounce Caress's last name. Oh, that's lovely. All right. Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm okay ridiculing me. Let's have I'm at not, it. Maybe, maybe she not, will too. I, uh, we did a little girl talk oh, last night, so I made sure it's, hey, Vala, Caress, welcome to the radio rally. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. <laughs> did I do it right? You did. You did. I, I practiced all last night. It's a tough one. I know. It's not a radio name. <laughs> and you're a tough one, too. You wear a lot of hats. Like Lloyd said earlier, you are an on-air announcer with the Des Moines Radio Group Saga, uh, doing middays on Star 1025, um, afternoons on another station, and you program The Outlaw. So, wow. I mean, that is a lot of hats. How do you, how do you stay? Like, what's your day-to-day -day like? It's kind of crazy because I also schedule music. And so... There's um, there's a start to my day that I get in right away. I check to make sure Outlaw is ready to go, that I've got music scheduled for a couple of days, that the promos are written, contesting is ready to go. Then I settle into Star and get ready for my air shift on Star. And I do music meetings with our program director and our music director for Star. Maybe schedule a log for Star. And then when my star air shift is done, I focus on KIOA. So it's a busy day. Oh, my goodness. And do you take <laughs> radio calls, too, for, for I do oh not. Oh, my gosh. I don't. do not. There are two other gentlemen who do that on star. Oh, my goodness. That is a lot of, a lot to, uh, to, to handle. But take us back, like, to your start in radio. We want to know how you got from point A to point B. You know, when I was in high school, I was offered an opportunity to work at a college radio station, and I jumped on it. I just fell in love with music, and I couldn't perform it. I had no ability to sing it, to write it, 
but I could play records. And that was my skill that took me far. (laughs) So I started in high school and I started in the Black Hills of South Dakota, got on a commercial radio station called K-Sky, and then did a little hopping from the Black Hills to Denver, to St. Louis, back to the Black Hills. I made it back around and came to Des Moines eventually. That is crazy. Was there ever a format that you really clung to? Like, you know, that you said, oh, I really love this format. I want to continue to do this. You know, I love classic rock, but I also love hot AC. So I'm torn between those two formats. Classic country is mm-hmm. another area where I shine. But personally, I'm just kind of all over the map with my musical taste. Yeah. And I think you find that a lot with radio folks, like what you said, just an overall love of music seems to be the theme, you know, getting started in radio. You're just a a, a sponge. You're a connoisseur yes. of music, which is great. Um, do you have a standout moment when you knew, oh, my gosh, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? You know, you would think it would be something that we did as a station, like a big concert we pulled off, or the thing that stands out for me are smaller things I did connecting with listeners. I've tended to open up my life to the listeners, especially being here in Des Moines for um, 18 years. The birth of my daughter, she was born premature. And so I opened that up to the listeners And listeners kind of watched my daughter grow up Mm -hmm. in such a way that I get questions often how she's doing. I might throw a topic out about an ADHD situation and the floodgates open with the topic. So Mm -hmm. I feel like those are those moments where I connect with the listeners in such a way that I feel, okay, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm yeah. meant to have these conversations with these people in this community. Mm-hmm. Those are the moments that just stand out for me. Chris, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, being authentic and relatable is, you know, how you're able to stay so long, you know, either in one market or in radio in general. And you do, you become family with your audience. Um, you know, if you've been on, on the encouragers before my daughter, same thing, she had, you know, a broken heart when she was born and, and our listeners have walked through the journey with her and that's special. I mean, that's, that's a gift that you have there that you're able to share that. Isn't it odd how that really opens it up in such Mm -hmm. a way that we never thought of? No, Um, because you may used to get like uh, DMs from listeners saying, Caress, I remember you said your daughter was a preemie, you know, my daughter or son is due, you know, or was born preemie. And then can you help me point me in the right direction? Doesn't that make you feel amazing? Well, I also get migraines. And so whenever a listener comes across a study or an article about migraines, they reach out to me, whether it's email, Mm -hmm. whether it's a tweet, it's a Facebook post. Yeah, I feel like we're all friends and family. And I love that feeling, that connection. Yes. There's nothing better. That's, 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 awesome. that's the state we're in. And I love yeah. it. That's where radio has gone. 
That's where radio excels, you know, being tangible to your listeners where they feel comfortable enough to be able to reach out to you. You know, and in turn, I think it helps us, you know, it does. they don't realize how much they're helping us to heal or helping us to, you know, thrive. Absolutely. What, what is, what excites you about getting up every day and going to work? The people I work with, the people that I work with are such a group of professionals. This team in Des Moines that I've worked with for 18 years, it's so unusual. They are some of the best interviewers, some of the people that know music inside and out, some people that just are genuinely funny. It's unusual to work with a group of people that I have had the luck to work with. And these people make every day worth going to work. And that I've never had that before. That's awesome. It does. It makes a big difference when, you know, you feel like you've got backup, you know, or maybe you're having a rough day and you can rely on those people. It's the difference between I get to go to work and I have to go to work. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Where do you feel most challenged, would you say? Would you say you're more challenged being on the air or or, or programming, doing the music? Oh, you know, I think challenging right now is the music slice of the pie. Music is in a weird place right now. And trying to be different from the station across the street with where we are with music is proving to be a little bit of a challenge mm -hmm. with as much research as we have right now. It's, it's limited right now. And trying to find those different artists and not trying to sound the same, that's, that's the real challenge right now is the music. Sure. Let's talk about social media. I was not stalking. I won't call it stalking. <laughs> homework <laughs> on your Facebook. You're very involved in the community, which is great. Is On social media, is there a particular platform that you feel like you enjoy being on more so? Maybe Instagram, Facebook, which one do you like? Or all of them? Um, every day I post a question on Facebook, and that is where I interact most with listeners. When I'm doing artist interviews, I like to do Instagram Live. Those are the two forms that I feel most comfortable with mm -hmm. and that I get the most feedback from my listeners with. Have you um, been kind of like me, kind of uh, reluctantly joined TikTok yet? I don't know what I'm doing. And it's strange because my daughter's 14 now. You would think she would teach mom how to do, you know, TikTok, but no. <laughs> mm -hmm. There are some people in our building that are very, very well versed in the TikTok and the Snapchat. And I know that I need to take lessons from them. And that is probably something that will happen in the very near future because it's something I need to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you maintain your passion every day? I mean, we all have good days. We all have bad days. But, you know, there, there's a reason why you joined us tonight. And that is because you have a reputation for being passionate about radio, which sometimes, you know, can be hard to have these days with so much competition and 
and places where our audience can get other content. So how do you maintain your passion for radio? I'm going to be honest. Um, there are days where the dogs peed on the floor. There was no milk for my coffee. The morning didn't go like it was supposed to go. So I might crack that mic at 10 after 10, and I'm brutally honest. And I'll just say, look, I know you don't always have the best day. Today, my day's not going well. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn up the music. We're going to drink some coffee. And we're going to get through this. And you're going to help me. I'm going to help <laughs> you. Tell me what song you need. And we're just going to do it. And I just tell my listeners that, hey, I'm not 100% today. Get on board this train. It's going to be a hot mess. <laughs> and I'm honest with them because not I everyone has a, a, an A-plus day. And then yeah. we do. We laugh at ourselves. We get through it. I'll get a few emails going, you know what? My car didn't start. I locked the keys in the house. We just get through it. And we let the music carry it through the day. That's awesome. Oh, you made me laugh. What <laughs> excites you about radio today? I love that now we don't have to be 100% perfect. We don't have to hit a nine-second break We or talk over. We don't have to... We don't have to big have the big DJ voice. And, right, right. You know, we don't have to be perfect. We can be human. We can... We can talk about, oh, that Ed Sheeran song just makes me cry. You know, we can re mm -hmm. be relatable, yeah. and I think we should be. And I think we can have fun with our listeners. Mm -hmm. I threw out that there was a 5K I wanted to do, but I was out of shape, and I didn't think I could do it by myself. And I said it on the air. I said, I'm out of shape. I'll walk this if someone will walk it with me. Three listeners signed up, walked it with me, and we did it together. It's only three, but we did it together and we had a blast. Yeah. And I think it's okay to be human on the radio. I Amen think that's to totally that. fine. We don't have to be perfect. Everybody that we talk to, we always want to ask, you know, we always want to give you an opportunity, opportunity to shout out, you know, your mentors or maybe some people that you feel like you learn the most from in the business. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be a Mount Rushmore of them, not just one. So <laughs> tell us who influenced you, who still has your heart to this day? Um, when I first got hired in Des Moines, um, the person who hired me was Jim Schaefer. And he would be my first mentor because he taught me how to schedule music. And I fell in love with putting together the pieces of that puzzle. Um, second mentor would be the gentleman who took over after him, Scott Allen, who really helped shape me as an on-air personality. And then my third mentor would be my current PD, Ken Augie who is completely different from the two of them. All three completely different, had the same role at the same place where I work, but Ken has just told me, go ahead, do what you do until I hear something I don't like. You've done this long enough. 
go ahead. And all three have been remarkable. Tell us a little bit about like, how did your life, your broadcast life change during the pandemic? Did you end up having to work from home or were you able to stay in no. the studio? We were in the studio the whole time. We did not, um, did not go home and broadcast. We were in the studio. So while our sales teams, you know, stayed home, they could work from home. We went as bare bones as we could, um, with on-air staff. So part mm -hmm. of the morning shows would broadcast from home. But for me personally, for my shifts, I was in the building. So um, we tried to keep it as normal as possible for those of us who just had one staff member in the studio at a time. Yeah. So I was, I was there every day. Uh, that's pretty amazing. We've heard a, you know, a couple of different scenarios on, uh, the encouragers, some folks went home like myself, and then some folks were able to stay in the studio. So that's great. What do you love about the city of Des Moines? I will tell you when I first came and interviewed for this job, um, I thought this is not for me. This is not, this is not the place I should be. This is nothing that is going to draw me in. Um, for some reason, small town South Dakota fit better than Des Moines. And one of my close friends who was a record rep in um, St. Louis, but worked the Des Moines area, his name was Tom Martins, and he works in Nashville now. I know Tom. He's awesome. Yes. Tom um, actually told me Des Moines is exactly where you need to be you're going to Des Moines. I said, really? He said, you're going to shine in Des Moines. Des Moines is where you need to be. And because of Tom Martins, I packed up my world and moved to Des Moines. This is where I met my husband. This is where I had my daughter. And this is home for us. And he was right. Everything that I needed to help me grow as a personality was here in Des Moines. And absolutely was the best move for me. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, we don't know what that plan is. And, and there's a lot of faith in radio, I feel, you know, there's a lot of folks that have a strong faith. And uh, yeah, I mean, look at you now, 18, 19 years later. Exactly. That's huge. That is yeah. really unheard of. So congratulations to you. I'm going to ask Thank you one you. more question. How old is Anything. your daughter now? She is 13. Okay. So we're she both doesn't, smack dab in the middle of yeah, the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She doesn't think mom's cool. I hope your daughter uh, thinks you're cool. No, she does not anymore. Um, yeah. I used to be cool. I'm no longer allowed to post pictures of us, none of that stuff. But no. um, say your daughter comes to you one day and says, Mom, I want to I get in radio. What are you going to tell her? I will tell her that you have to be ready to learn everything that there is about radio and radio stations. Learn how to do the news. Learn how to print a log. Learn how to record music into a computer. Learn every job that there is at a radio station because you make yourself more valuable and you will become so much happier because you can do everything. Mm -hmm. 
You can you can plug every hole that there is. You will be able to help out in a pinch. Excellent news. I love that. And congratulations on all your success. We're going to ask that you hang tight because after yes. John, uh, we may have some questions from the audience, but it was really fun getting to know you, Caress. You too, Heather. Thank you. Don't you just love it? Somebody comes on. And of course, you know, when they have Heather uh, asking the questions, I always feel like she does such a great job. Uh, but now I have a new favorite quote, which is, quote, I'm going to be a hot mess today. Unquote. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. That's the best, right? You don't know how many times everybody in the in the room can raise their hand right now, now and say, I've been there many times. <laughs> but but here's the difference. And what I find really great about Caress is that she gave us this really great advice about being real on the radio. And I will add just being vulnerable, too, with listeners, I think is so powerful and so important. I do want to say thank you to Heather for a great interview. And thanks, Caress, for being our guest, of course. Uh, you can catch Heather's show on KFrog's stream anytime. And, of course, you know, she's out doing it. She's on a whole bunch of stations. So there are a bunch of different streams that you can catch uh, uh, similar opportunities. The Radio Rally is our weekly Monday opportunity to visit radio with our group, the Encouragers. We want you to make your mark. If you haven't joined the Encouragers, please do so tonight. We have at least two events for you that are designed to help grow your radio and audio career every single week. And uh, it's not just the regular events that can change your broadcast career. We have exclusive special events on the encouragers. If you want to be a superhero, tell your market manager, your ops manager, program director about the next special event on September 21st. Look for us to share details, including comments directly from participants. Learn what consumers are saying after the 2020 lockdowns as people are headed back to work because listeners have told our research project. That's right. And you might be surprised by the results of that. The special event, September 21st, is at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. It's a presentation of a major and important research study from Futuri that shares major news about consumers, listeners, after the lockdown. Our guest will be Aaron Callahan, Director of Enterprise Partnerships at Futuri. And then, of course, we have another special event on October the 1st. If you're serious about programming, developing audience for your radio station, or developing audience anywhere with music, or you just want to be the best music director in your market, this is a must-attend event on October 1st. Make time for this one and only event with Guy Zapol. We're calling it Friday Night Live with Guy Zapolian. Friday night, October the 1st, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Music, research, and rotations. Of course, we're going to talk about music, music discovery, research, and rotations then and now with Guy Zapolian. Our next guest, partner PD of Kenny Chesney's No Shoes Radio, founder, CEO of Barefoot 
media strategies. Now, it's really interesting that those two things might go together pretty well. His background includes time at WSIX in Nashville, WMZQ in Washington. He also spent five years as the vice president of programming for Sirius XM. He's always got a big, fat smile on his face. And of course, he's our guest on the Encouragers, the radio rally. Welcome, John Anthony. How are you, John? Hey, I'm, I'm good, Lloyd. Thanks for having me, man. And can you hear me? <laughs> I connected. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to hey. point out before we begin that John is on a boat, so <laughs> that's happening right now. Uh, I don't know how many of the other people here are on a boat, but John is. I can't. I can't wait to dig in, John. First, you just look like somebody who has the job that we all want, right? No, so no. let's look. Let's look back and see if we can make sense of how you got here. How did you get uh, involved and connected in radio, and where did that happen? Well, and, and by the way, apologies if the data connection is not all that great, but it is the kickback event, and it is Labor Day, so you kind of yeah. set me up for this one, right? You know, no, you're doing good. To enjoy, <laughs> to, to enjoy it or at least watch the sunset while while things are happening here. No, man, uh, how did I get here? Gosh, good question. Um, uh you know, just like a lot of other radio rats, you know, started early on, 15 years old, grew up in a small town in rural Kentucky, Lebanon, Kentucky, was able to work at a small radio station, kind of doing everything there is to do in radio at a young age at 15 years old. And, um, yeah. you know, took that on to, took that on to college, worked in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, went off to Colorado for a little bit, uh, followed my amazing wife uh, to the Washington, D.C. area where she's from. And that uh, that linked me up with uh, the folks at WMCQ, kind of worked my way up through there. Um, wait, 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 yep. wait. You followed your wife to Washington, D.C. You did yes. not have a job at WMCQ? No, I did not. No. Oh, I wait, wait. So wait, so wait. So you went to D.C. and then somehow... Correct. Got a job at WMZQ. Yes. How'd you do, how'd you do that, John? Yeah, I was I was I was the uh, yeah. I just I, I got a part time job working on the weekends at MCQ, and I did. My wife was really close to her folks, and she took a chance, and and we did a job. Uh, I, I worked in radio for a job out in Colorado, and again, we got married young in our early twenties, and you know, it just living at nine thousand feet in the middle of ski country wasn't all that awesome for us, and so she was just she wanted to go home. She wanted to go back and be near her folks. And, and um, so we just packed up and left and went back east and uh, was able to get on at WMZQ. And uh, one of my amazing mentors, Matt Daniels, hired me on part time. We did a lot of stuff through the fall. And, and uh, Matt had just been promoted to program director from music director at the time, was wearing both hats while he was trying to interview for a music director. And I kind of stepped in. And um, it, it's funny because I, I, I literally I felt bad because I was getting a five hour minimum call, you know, with AFTRA, with Union, right? Anytime they called me in to do anything, I had to be paid for five hours, even though sometimes I would only work three, like doing a bumper sticker promotion for promotions or whatever. And I kind of felt bad. And I literally went to Mac many times and said, hey, man, I kind of feel bad. I feel like I'm stealing from the company. Can I, is there anything else I can do? And I knew how to schedule music, thankfully. I had learned that early on and, and uh, really helped him out in making music logs for a couple of months while he was interviewing for people for the music director job. So it was kind of funny. I didn't realize I was auditioning for the job, uh, but I, I guess I was. And so at one point um, when I was about to take a job at Metro Traffic in Baltimore, I was going to take a full-time job being a traffic reporter, believe it or not, and, uh, and was about to turn in my resignation to Mac. And uh, that's when he was like, hey, man, I don't want you to leave. And 
I want you to be my music director at 23 years old in Washington, D.C. So everybody gets a, Man. you know, a great break, an amazing break. And, and that was that was mine. And but so, wait, you, you didn't well, just get a yeah. great break. You became somebody that Mac went, OK, this guy I can count on. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the funny thing about it, Lloyd. It's and looking back on it, man. I just wanted to do a great job. You know, I just really wanted right. to do great by a guy that was giving me an awesome part time job. And and I didn't I mean, I had I listen. He was interviewing major market program directors who wanted to come to D.C. It was the second highest weighted uh, station, country station on the R&R chart at the time, right behind KZLA. And, you're, you know, you're talking mid 90s here. Right. So MCQ yeah. was 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 just incredible. And and um, and I didn't think I had a shot at it. Are you kidding me? I was just a part time guy on the weekends just trying to help out a guy. But um, but I didn't realize I was actually auditioning for the job because I was actually putting together the, the music logs and everything at the time. And and uh, and doing the midday shift that, that Mac had, you know, had to give up because he got promoted to program director. So I was on in middays and doing the job without even just just as favorite, you know, kind of a favor. And then uh, and then not realizing that, you know, I kind of worked my way into it. Um, so, yeah, amazing break for me. Amazing but, break. And but by the way, that that's one of those jobs when you end up at a place like WMCQ, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, somebody once told me a story. They were programming MZQ in the late 80s and they're in their office. It's late at night and they're really tired. They're scheduling some logs or something. And and the private line rings on his phone. He picks up the phone and all he hears is, please stand by for the president. President. Yes. And he, and he he stood up. He said, That's right. and I, just, I stood up and I was like, huh? You know, Absolutely. And, and, True story. and then they had a whole conversation about doing the president a favor. Yes. And it was and, and, and again, I said, uh, hey, did that ever happen again? He goes, well, actually, yes. We became kind of friends and it was weird because he's the president, you know, did you have anything like that happen in your time in Washington? I did not get any of those kinds of calls from the president. Uh, I, I will say that I made some amazing celebrity friends, um, yes. you know, in, during that time, uh, a couple of hockey players, my kids. I, I mean, my my whole fascination with the, the NHL and hockey. Remember, I grew up in rural Kentucky. So the, I was introduced to the NHL and the Washington Capitals, who, by the way, you mentioned my consulting company, Barefoot Media Strategies. I've been yes. working with them as a media consultant for five years now. But again, my, my whole fascination with hockey and my interest in hockey came from a friendship from Jeff Halpern, uh, who was a player with the Washington Capitals, who at the time was the only country music fan on the team. And and we developed a friendship. So maybe not the level of, say, the president, but but very much so a friendship that even to this day has been very impactful and and guy that's been my friend forever but my my kids uh you know my oldest son zach is about to graduate with a sports management degree with hopes of being in management in in hockey for a professional team and it all stems back from that then that friendship and that was developed at wmzq for sure yeah in 20 years from now we'll be hearing Hey John, so you're consulting the new team that your son and you? Yes, I am. I yes, I hope so. Absolutely. And then <laughs> just, just you know, just hockey. finish that. Yeah, just to finish that story on, and then you know, again, just um, everybody's time with with Clear Channel or iHeartMedia seems to have an end date. Uh, you know, mm. and again, we can we can say that in this room with 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 a little bit of tongue in cheek, and with all with all 
you know, fair, you know, uh, a t- you know, uh, um, respect and also just uh, admiration for all my friends at iHeart who I had a long, great r- run with. Uh, but, you know, there, there comes a time for that to end. And it did for me. And that's when I ended up over at XM and in the nascent days there when it was just getting going and uh, was able to move to Nashville to run all of the country programming for XM at, at, at the time and then um, stayed through the through the merger for about a year. And then that's that's when we sort of. Uh, we had developed No Shoes Radio as sort of a pop-up station. Uh, don't on, get too ahead. Yeah. Don't get yeah. too ahead. Yeah. I don't, want, don't tell. Don't tell everything up front. Okay, okay. got it. Okay. <laughs> and, and by the and by the way, I am going to touch on your consultancy because it's so easy with a guy like you that's hanging out on a boat. See, I dropped that in again uh, on Labor Day. It's so easy to say, "Oh, this is the guy with No Shoes Radio." But I am gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come back to that. Many. Uh, of us want to know this. Let's talk about Kenny Chesney for a minute. When did you meet Kenny Chesney? I probably met Kenny during the 2002 No Shoes, No Shirt, No Problems tour. Uh, I guess his first headlining tour when I was at WMZQ and he came through and played what was then Nissan Pavilion uh, out in just outside of Washington, D.C., a pavilion there. And I remember it vividly because to this day, Kenny and the crew still play basketball uh, before many of their, their dates when they get a chance and they get some time to do it. And they, they had, had it set up. And, and Jimmy Rector, who was my uh, record rep for BNA mm. back in the day, was like, hey, uh, you know, Kenny, here's your Kentucky guy, a Kentucky fan or whatever, and you must be a basketball guy, so come on out and play early. So I met him and was able to kind of play in that little pickup game that they do in the afternoon before whoa, the show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. How'd you do? Yeah. How'd you do versus Kenny uh, yeah, I, in that I, pickup I, game? I, yeah. I, remember, I remember doing okay. I remember doing, I do, the one thing I do remember is Kenny was wearing a Tennessee jersey, and I think he did it to spite me, but he was wearing oh, one yeah. of those Tennessee jerseys, and it, all I can remember the whole game was, I can't believe this guy's wearing a Tennessee jersey just to, you know, just to rub this in my face or whatever. You know, we're in, we're in Northern Virginia, but I'm a Kentucky guy, but he's he's got to wear this Tennessee shirt, uh, you know, or whatever, just to kind of kind of throw it out at me or whatever. But that uh, that was a great start to an, an amazing. And again, I'm no, I'm not special in the sense of this. I mean, Kenny's made a lot of friends through throughout the radio world. Oh, okay, you know, okay, and, but, yeah, but but look, many us many of us especially in country music, I spent a lot of time with Kenny Chesney, mm-hmm. uh, but we didn't launch a radio station with him uh, sure. and can, and connect up to his world the way that you two have been linked. What connected the two of you? It wasn't that Tennessee jersey. Right. I know that. <laughs> no, when, when I was at XM running the country programming, a lot of the things that we like to do to get the word out, to get people to try it, especially with the fan bases, we, we did a lot of pop-up channels back in the day with a lot of different artists. And this to this day, it's a yeah. great way that, that that satellite radio continues to do really, really well. And and so uh, we, we had a deal that we had worked out with Kenny on the XM side to do a station with him. And he at the time in Nashville, he actually only lived about three miles from me. And so I, I drove to his house after we got the radio finished. I had a whole page of notes, Lloyd. I, I was, I, it was 2008. It was the Poets and Pirates tour. And I thought mm-hmm. I was going to be really cool by walking into his kitchen and going, hey, man, we're going to call it Pirate Radio. It's going to be this three-month pop-up <laughs> channel. It's going to be great. And I thought I had it all planned out. And God's honest truth. Kenny Chesney walks in there with a terabyte disk drive, which at the time was about as big as a cinder block, right? And he walked in and he set it on the table and he goes, no, I've been, I've been working on audio the entire time that I've been out on the road. I've been recording interviews with Steve Miller, all these other people that I've had mm-hmm. backstage. I've been holding on to all of this stuff. We're going to call it No Shoes Radio, and it's going to not be three months. We're going to do this forever. 
and I immediately, I still have the notepad at my home because I, I immediately flipped the, the legal pad over the page over to a new page and started writing from there. All of the pe- ideas and everything that I had had going into that idea about what that station was going to be was com- yeah. they were completely wiped out because Kenny already knew in his mind. And I, I give him all the credit. He, this man knows his brand. He knows what he wanted. He knows what the vision he was going. And I, thankfully for me, rather than being sort of this cocky guy to be like, Oh, I don't know. I kind of think I know better. Thankfully for me, I just like opened my ears and was like, talk to me, man, this is fantastic. And so in, in all the ideas, we sat there for several hours and I have several pages of notes of just the things that he wanted to do. And his vision to this day is sort of what no shoes radio is. And well, and, um, and wait, when, when you start with an artist like that, I mean, first you just get for those of us who have not had that vision of what Kenny is really like that he did that. Yes, shows absolutely. you who he yeah. is and he's always and here's the other thing about this that i've again tried to take from him in in a, in a world where we're just trying to get through a day at a time and try to find out what the next week is or you know we were focused on the next book and what promotion we're going to do in the next book and how we're going to do that kenny seems to always be three steps ahead right i i'm sitting here talking to him about a station that i thought was going to go away in three months this guy already knew he was going to be doing it for the next 20 years. And so, wait, 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 wait. how about this? When he called off the stadium tour and everybody kind of went, Oh, how can you do that this last yeah. year? Right. Right. And right. Now it looks like, well, he might've been right. Right. He might've been right. Absolutely. I, right. again, I, I give him a ton of credit. I mean, this was, this was, and how we ended up hooking up with all of that stuff was that after the merger, you know, and, and again, literally Kenny station launched, uh, the the XM uh, only version of it when we first launched No Shoes Radio in 2008, it literally launched on the day after the merger with Sirius was approved and announced. And so what ended up happening was mm. is that the, the Sirius the Sirius programming team. Uh, Kenny made an offer to stay with the combined entity after Sirius and XM had merged, but they respectfully declined to keep him on with his own channel after the merger. And so, which is interesting. Belie- it is interesting because and that's how we ended up on NoShoesRadio.com and that's how I ended up leaving Sirius XM to come join Kenny. I believed in it and I knew that he had something there. We had he had, he owned all the content and owned everything and I really believed in what we created and I basically just told him and and Kenny you know just take the content and go to online, you know, build build an online platform for it. He's always been an early adopter of technology. He uh, when the mm-hmm. iPhones first came out, he bought them for all of his crew on the road so that again that everybody could stay in communication better and everything and uh, he just he's always been an early adopter of of technology and so he knew and and when I told him, you know, hey, every, everything's going to go to your phone. Everybody's going to be listening to audio through the phone. He got it. He understood mm-hmm. it and it just over the course of the next six months, we, we began a dance and, and of talking about how we can make this happen with, with me leaving uh, Sirius XM to come join him and, and form our own company to do it. And it's by far and away the best decision I ever made. And I, I learned from him every day. Every day I learned from that guy. He works harder than anybody that I know. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a perfectionist and he works so hard at his craft. And But he cares. He really does. He listens to the and, station all the time and, and just really want. He, he literally just – wants to be involved every single day. And, and John, you you know, you and I are new friends. We're just getting to know each other, but you know I'm going to get weird, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you already know that. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know, uh, dude, 
are, are you in the private jet? Are, are you spending time? At, at, no, no. Are you? Are no? You can tell us. It's just us. It's a very intimate thing here. Uh, are you spending time on St. John Island? Are you partying with Kenny Chesney? Are you going to these unbelievable events? What's it really like hanging out with Kenny Chesney? I, I will say, I, I listen. I, I consider Kenny a friend. No, I don't. I don't go hang with him in the islands. Um, I've, I've been on the jet, but I don't like constantly ride it with him or anything like that. Very few people do. Yeah, I think uh, you'd be surprised mm-hmm. at how often he just travels like that. Just, again, just just for privacy. Um, uh, but I will say that uh, I have absolutely um, bought into the brand hook line and sinker like i said as i come to you from the boat sitting in the middle of tim's ford lake in south central tennessee right now watching the sun disappear behind these trees i have bought into that mentality hook line and sinker and i i get it i understand the oh, I idea see it. Of, i see it in your social media you're not yeah, hiding I work, this yeah work hard and play hard man and 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 uh i i there there are there are so many people out there and being true to the brand and i think that you know going back to like what radio can learn from that stuff it's just and 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 um you know hearing uh, uh caress talk earlier uh, just about how the you know you you're always going to find people that are that are identifying with what's going on in your life yeah and and we see it on tour we see there are tons of people and I, I can look around and see the other boats driving off in the distance right now who I de- absolutely identify with our lifestyle and the things that, you know, Kenny Chesney represents. And right. so latching on to that and just being true to that, don't try to be all things to all people. You know, I've got neighbors in the neighborhood that don't give a crap about, you know, the islands or living with no shoes or anything like that. And it, you don't beat your head to try to go convert them, right? But you just That's go right. to identify the people that there are more people out there than than you probably know that identify exactly with what you're about and have a message for them and connect with them and take them along for the ride. And, and you I can make, feel, a great, make a great living I doing feel, it. I feel like you are giving a great tutorial for program directors right now. Forget about your competition, right? I mean, who yeah. cares about them? That's right. Build a tribe. Build something that people can identify and congregate around and be a part of. Okay, so look, this is important. Yeah. When you're involved with something like No Shoes Radio, people might miss that you have a larger swath of business. So, so I'm going to slow down for a minute. More depth, more variety of projects. Can you take us inside your consulting practice and tell us the things that you're doing today? When, you, when sure. you're not on the boat, I'm just saying. A yeah. you know. <laughs> couple of couple of things that happened, and I'll, I'll never forget the first year working with Kenny uh, was, we, you know, we started, we launched on August 6, 2009 with NoShoesRadio.com. And then the, uh, the tour ends, you know, at the end of September, right? So all of a sudden now come October, everybody kind of disappears. And so I kind of go wait a minute, where'd everybody go? You know, I'm like, I'm, 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 wait, hold on. What's going on? We still got a radio station to run. And so it was like, it was pretty funny because, you know, Kenny and, and Clint Hyam as well, you know, his manager, uh, mm. you know, they were, they, they were great to reach out and go, Hey, chill out. It's okay. This is what we hired you to do. Go do your thing, you know, create the radio station. Go, but, but this is the time, you know, we take a little time off in the fall and in the winter to recharge the batteries and stuff. So right. um, that gave me this, by the time that I did that the second year, I was, you know, just like anybody else who's a little bit ADD and just, you know, kind of wanting to learn. And again, remember, I am thrilled by how much I've learned from Kenny about having to do this great micro brand, right? This great yes. sort of very, very talking to narrow casting, not broadcasting, but narrow casting and thinking about all the people that this 
this could actually apply to and things that oh, oh, could, could no, be Oh, no, this with, is the future. Right? This is right. the future, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And so between between that, you know, kind of thinking, you know, and I always had it in my mind of going, you know, I, I, I believe I've always been a huge hockey fan. I've always been my kids, you know, dropping them mm. off, going to games. I was coach and they would listen they, and they take over the, the music in the car on the way to games going, I got to hear my pump up songs, dad, got to do this, you know, and they play this playlist of, of like pump up songs and everything. And I'm like, you know what, this is the stuff that, you know, you go, you go to a hockey game and it's all about the music, you know, to get the crowd going before face off and everything. And, and it always led me both to believe that you know what there are there are brands out there that could that could do the very same thing that kenny's doing with the same idea of sort of wrapping their brand in music but you know talk to a much smaller audience it's not about quantity it's about quality of the message and it's more of like yeah. magnet programming don't worry about going out and getting them because that was kenny's thing i, I was all about you know hey let's do promotions let's try we got to do this contest to get people to come in and kenny always stopped me and was like no 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 you know, no, we don't dumb it down for the people that aren't part of what we are. Let's let them find us. Let's take our time. You know, let's let's just stay true to who we are and let them find us. And when they find us, they're going to stay with us because we, we we are absolutely on message every single time. And I learned that and knowing that there were other people that can do that. So whether it was the Washington Capitals or whether it was Acme, Feed and Seed, you know, downtown, it's a venue in downtown Nashville, whether it was Carl Black Automotive which, you know, mm. at the time when I was working at WSIX and kind of did that side project, you know, sorry, a couple of loud boats going by here. Oh, oh no, uh, no, we get it. You're <laughs> sorry. Um, sure you are. They, <laughs> they, um, they uh, just, you know, looking at, you know, kind of doing some of that. So what I've been doing is just doing some internet consulting with some brands, you know, Washington Wizards kind of creating a, a radio station 24 seven with them. Uh, the Washington Capitals has been a great fun project, just sort of creating this content 24 seven, 365 in a market where the Redskins dominate, right. And the Nationals, Correct. Major League Baseball dominate. So, so with the, the Capitals, you know, how do you, how do you, keep super serving the hockey fan and keep them, you know, coming back for more or whatever. Well, we created a 24 seven radio station out of it. And then, and then nice. we've got another angle that, you know, I'm, I, I've got my hand in like when you watch professional golf on TV and see the trace of the golf ball, right. When it goes off into mm -hmm, the distance, mm -hmm. that's a company that does it called top tracer. And to do what we were doing on the internet radio to create the ability to be able to broadcast on no shoes radio in the middle of a stadium parking lot required some engineering, you know, prowess that I don't have. And fortunately for me, some of the guys that I worked with in XM, um, real great engineering minds who I tapped to help me solve these problems so that we could get internet wherever we wanted to go and be able to broadcast from, you know, a boat in the middle of the lake or in the middle of the ocean or whatever. I had these guys, uh, you know, part of part of my team and the ability to come up and create, you know, the uh, the infrastructure for sound for PGA Tour radio on Sirius XM. So the guys that are on the course whispering into the mic when the guy makes the putt, you know, that's that that doesn't magically appear in a studio back in Washington, D.C. There has to be a sound but, infrastructure but, set up. And so so anyway, so I grabbed those guys. They, they knew how to do it. The offer was there. So suddenly now I'm a guy running an engineering company, you know, but and then see, we, but, but wait. But see, I still just get the impression. <laughs> I still, I still get the impression that you're developing things that help you relax a little bit more and get on the lake. 
Oh uh, yeah. Well, I, listen, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do the engineering, but I guess, I guess it was, it was one of those things where it's like, you get a little bit out of your comfort zone in the sense that, yeah, you That's take a little right. bit of risk, but at the same time, it's finding alternative ways to use the things. Listen, if you've been in radio any amount of time, you've had to work with your chief engineer on a million different projects. And, and you you understand a little bit about that technical side of things, the introduction of automation into your studio, you understand That's right. wh- where That's we right. are. And so, taking some of those things that you know and being able to at least try to figure out other ways to be able to use your creative uh, mind the, the you know what 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 business opportunities are out there what revenue streams can you tap as an individual just to you know like I said it's everything from you know Kenny Chesney and what it's like in his world to be you know on the water and making sure that I connect that to the fans but uh, you know, right. we're over here also making sure that five guys get to you know the the masters so that I've got you know the a company in Sweden who's got enough engineer guys who can you know help draw the trace of the golf balls for a, a, a tournament that's going to be seen on a major TV network so there's there's a lot of um, it's networking it's a lot of surrounding yourself with guys who who are very, very good at what they do and just asking to be along for the ride. And and you're right, I can't I can't do it, but I am uh, smart listen, enough to listen. myself with people who can. Doing this kind of thing, it's not what you know, it's it's can you connect to other people who can help you get there? Uh, yes. You know, we, ha- we have a Wednesday live event on the Encouragers every week, and it's called Innovation and in Audio. It's specifically for the purpose of not just having a radio person on, which we do on Wednesday as well, but we also get somebody from the Innovation Corridor. Listen, I want to know what interests you about technology and the future of radio influencers and maybe artists that want to extend their brand? I I think that we are, I I think that radio as we know it and and as we've grown up with it will obviously change. I know my focus group has always been my two boys who are now 18 and and 23 and um, watching how they've always used radio in, in, in vehicles where they've had everything. They've had the uh, satellite radio. They've had FM. They've sure. known their dad to work at uh, an FM radio station and at satellite and at Internet and at various things. And just even even just to watch how they consume media and what they're looking to do, I, I think they understand and they get um, – that what we do, the connection part of what we do will always will always be important. Everybody wants to belong to a group. The great thing about, you know, whether you were in the fan club or a loyal listener club, it's, you know, it, it, or, or an, a fan club for an artist, or you belong to, you know, a, a, a group here on Clubhouse, right? It's the same thing. You always want to belong to something. You always want right. to feel part of it. My wife. Well, people want to be wife, heard. My wife is is a fifty year old Disney princess, and and she <laughs> I, and she follows all the Disney things, and the, but she's not alone. There are there are moms who have watched That's their right. kids grow who still buy into everything that Disney's selling, and I'll sit and watch and study how Disney you know recreates all of these same type things over and over again, but just in different ways that to to appeal to people and stuff. So it's it's. I think looking around and just making sure that you're absorbing and watching other people as they take on like what, what, what's getting them interested. I mean, following politics is, is as hard as that might be sometimes to watch the division and everything from a marketing standpoint of it and the aspect 
it's 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 amazing to watch it's a watch it's amazing to watch how you know again people are consuming the messaging right and stuff and i don't want to go down that path but again it just goes to show you that it's everything's marketing man everything is marketing everything and everything is messaging actually everything is messaging absolutely correct look i'm especially interested in how smart you are and how you might see paths opening up for radio talent in untraditional ways beyond what we've seen in the past. And I know you're the kind of guy that can vibe with this because you're that guy that walked into WMZQ and was like, man, I feel like I'm stealing from the company. I got to, you know, what else can I do? What, what do you think is going to happen here? Here we sit almost a quarter of the way through the innovation century of the 21st century. Uh, things are changing. Like you say, radio is going to change. But my argument would be radio has always changed. Okay. Yeah, but, that's, that's right. But now it's opening up to the point where radio talent can do a lot of different things. What do you see opening up for radio talent in untraditional ways beyond what it's been in the past? Yeah, I think, like I said, I think being able to build their own brand is going to be very key. There's, 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 a, there's a great, you know, we were always – on a radio station and, and we needed the power of a hundred thousand Watts for during our air right. shift to sort of make us that celebrity. You can do that now on your own. You can create your own personal radio station. You can take your audience and, and make it lucrative. If you've got a strong enough brand and you've got uh, you know, a, a good enough ability to be able to connect messaging to, a, uh, it doesn't even have to be a big enough uh, group. It just has to be a lucrative enough group. It has to be a subset. It has to be a genre that certain people are looking for. And I think that that's what you're going to see going forward with advertisers. It, it's 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 what we've seen, at least with the microcasting that we've done a lot of, is that you you find, uh, and, and I'll, I'll give a lot of this credit to a CMA study that came out probably a good maybe 10 years ago or more, where they talked about bad prospects, right? And they talked about how advertisers now don't have to... Um, don't they don't have to invest money anymore in messaging that might just go to the wrong people you know they can they can dial in now and and super serve very uh, uh specific groups of people that are more likely to receive their message and actually participate in the revenue stream because the cma's study said hey a lot of people say they're country fans right you know and they can raise their hand but when it comes to it do they actually buy a concert ticket or do they buy music and if they don't then who cares if they identify themselves as a fan why, why go at them if they're not going to participate in the revenue stream? And I think for, for radio guys, going having the ability to be able to, you know, latch on to maybe one or two uh, big marketing um, advertisers, right? People that have a, a good budget or whatever. If you have the ability to be able to talk to them, we see it in the influencer space already in social yes. media. Right. I mean, well, that's nothing more than a, that extension of what DJs used to be with with endorsement commercials right on the radio. Well, so it's, it's well and look, I. I love what you just said a few minutes ago. It doesn't even have to be large if it's the right group of people. I have a friend of mine who, uh, no podcast, no big hyped social media, no none of that. He literally does a networking group in different cities. It started in one city and he makes a very significant living and has for 20 something years. By the way, it's tech people. It's engineers. It's people who, uh, in his language, don't really yep. network together, don't really have a way to do that. But but there are advertisers that desperately want to reach them. 
So I think it's important that you bring something like that to the encouragers and also that we can hear you drinking on the boat. I think oh, that's <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying all this is good, John. I do want to thank you for joining us on the encouragers. Incredible for you to take time out of your relaxation on Labor Day and do this with us. I do hope you'll stick around for a few minutes in, in case people in our audience might have a few questions for you. Is that OK? Certainly. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, every single week we have visits from radio pros in different parts of the country doing a wide variety of things, right? We do it for a single reason. We're here to encourage you and encourage anyone making their living from the radio business today. This is our little secret as we grow this group, as we grow what we are doing to encourage radio pros at all levels. This is where you can come and hear from people that you ordinarily might not get to hear in an intimate setting. Talk about radio right now. And you can meet them on our clubhouse events. Follow the people on the stage during this live event. And, of course, the folks that you see around the room connect with them, too. Networking is a huge deal today. Don't forget, next week is our Up Early and Get the News live event with Dale Carter, who's the program director, morning show talent of KFKF 94.1 in Kansas City, and Leslie Lotto, who's owner of Remote News Service. You don't want to miss what they're going to tell us about their radio career and what they're doing in the 21st century. We're here on Clubhouse every single Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, to encourage you. We're going to open up the room just in case there might be questions that you have for our guest. You can just push the button at the bottom of the screen and uh, it's the little hand that you see. It looks like it's a notepad, but I know it's supposed to be some kind of electrical uh, uh, device or whatever. Uh, we do ask that you mute your mic until we call you if we do call people up on the stage. Check in anytime to get our latest update as we continue to add guests in both of our event, both the uh, radio rally and innovation in audio, our Wednesday event. We publish our fully updated schedules at RainmakerPathway.com. That's also where you can get free and fresh resources to encourage you or anyone in the radio business. We don't lock away anything on our website because we're here to encourage your career. So we do talk and care about the people in the radio business. Look in our free blog section and you can get the hookup to share with your friends as well. Also, don't forget Wednesdays on Clubhouse Live, our innovation in audio with Skip Dillard from WBLS and Hot 97 in New York City. As usual, we'll have two guests, but just like normal for innovation and audio, only one will be from radio itself. The other is usually somebody who handles or works consistently with innovation. It'll be obvious to you. Uh, they work with innovation itself. They may or may not be tied directly to radio or even audio. It's our way to give you um, a different creative perspective about change, about creating creativity itself, and of course, innovation itself. This Wednesday, just two days from now, on our Innovation and Audio Live event, we will feature Karen Morgan. Now, listen to this. She's the co-founder and creative director of the Innovation Lab in Los Angeles. Wait until she shares with us how she handles innovation in Los Angeles and all around the world. You're really going to like that. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about uh, uh, questions for our guest. And uh, by the way, uh, if if you don't want to ask questions of this event, we're good with that, too. We don't want to p have people feel like they're forced to ask questions. I do have a question for Caress. I, I want to ask you, uh, what do you 
do to get up on the days when things are not going well for you? What happens to you? You're on the air. You know you got to do it. How do you get up for those occasions? Whew, that's a good one. Um, mm. You know, you got to push through sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's right. There are just days you got to push through. Um, and really, you just have to think that someone else out there needs me to push through. That's, um, right. that's one of those cases where, you know, someone else just has to give you a pat on the back and you got to fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. I like that. And John, <laughs> I, I've got a question for you too. And this, you know, we're just going to kind of sneak this in on you at the end here. Uh, and, and I've got to ask, you know, you have such a great attitude and you've displayed that a couple of different times where you've told a story about being at MZQ or whether you're, you're there with Kenny Chesney at that moment, right? Do you have mentors that you can share with us? Maybe somebody who's been really instrumental for you and made a difference for you. Oh, gosh. I mean, yeah. I mean, Mac Daniels obviously giving me the shot uh, to, to do that at such a young age you know, in Washington, D.C., for sure. Um, I mean, that, that, I mean, that changed the trajectory of my entire career, no doubt about it. Uh, learned a lot from John Zellner, you know, at XM and then after Merger nice. Serious XM. Yeah, absolutely. He's a fantastic guy and, and really knows his stuff. And, but, but you know what? It's, it's, it's pretty funny because what I, what I like to think about, um, you know, those guys and what they allowed me to do uh, – you know, they, they looked at me and, and, and literally said, hey, you know what, you're here for a specific reason and you bring a specific skill set. And, and they tried to learn from me, quite frankly. And, and I'll never forget John Zellner being, you know, so upfront. It was like, man, hey, country music, all these years that he's, it's just not been my forte. So I'm counting on you. And then John became this amazing country music fan. And he went and did so many great things at iHeartMedia. After 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 uh, learning so much through through the uh, through country music and and what he was able to share and continues to share w to this day, uh, but learning that from me and 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 I like to think that my also a lot of my mentors are people that have worked alongside me, you know, and helped me learn. And I I just I, I love Correct. you know looking at people like Joyce Riser who uh, who I've done many different projects with you know who who I you know. Hey, I, I wrote this unbelievable challenge out and say, hey, this is something that's an opportunity for us to do. Can we really make this? Can we turn this into something? And she can. And here's how she did it. Right. And and then I'm, my job is to give them the tools to do it. And so I get I get to, in a lot of ways, take a lot of credit for a lot of the things, a lot of the amazing things that people have um, done for me. Um, but well, well but yeah, nobody I, I, does I, anything yeah. alone. Right. People don't, no, you don't do all. things by no. yourself, right? Oh gosh, no, 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 not at all. And and again, the fact that I can't even talk that I'm that I'm even remotely connected to anything with an amazing group of people like the PGA Tour or or Top right. Tracer has to do with an amazing set of twelve to fourteen different engineers who are awesome at what they do, who go out and represent me, you know, at those things. And and uh, so I I I I, I, I totally you know, people that have been my boss and people that have shown me the ropes, but I will, I will absolutely say, and again, Kenny Chesney, I learned, I know more about radio, I think because of Kenny than I do anybody else, just because he understands building a brand and sticking to it and, 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 um, and, and really just staying true to who you are. 
But the people that, that I've been fortunate to work alongside and got too many to name, and I feel awful that I can't just rattle off a list to you nah, because they, right? they've done so many great things. And especially, you know, at XM, you know, being in charge of all the country programming, I don't know classic country radio that way. I'm only a certain age, right? So you have to have certain people who understand that era that came along before I got into it. So thank right. God they're really good at what they do, make me look good um, by, by the fact that they are so good at what they do. And so – uh, just, you know, years of having surrounded myself with just really, really smart people and trying to absorb as much as I can from it. Um, I am. I'm never the smartest guy in the room. And if I am, I got to change rooms. I got to go somewhere else. And and Ooh. that's always, I think, been 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 a good thing for me is I'd never want to be the smartest guy in the room because um, then I'm in the wrong place for sure. I love that you can come on here and say things like that. Wow. Do you uh, I never want to be the smartest guy in the room. If I am, I'm in the wrong room. That's pretty great uh, for anybody to think about what that means in their life and, and what rooms you're in, so to speak. We do try to keep things to about an hour. One of the great things about our live events is that you can listen and no one is required to ask questions. You know, some people get intimidated by that. Thank you for joining us every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the Radio Rally. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, you can email me directly, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a fabulous week. Of course, we like to say on Rainmaker Pathway and the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. Or as John Anthony said on this event, you don't even need that. You can use creativity to do a lot of things. A big thank you to Heather Froglier for being a, such a great co-host for this event every single week and a co-creator of this, too. Thanks uh, to John and to Caress for being our patient and giving guest. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which should be available in the next 24 hours or even sooner. And thank JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing podcast uh, for us. We could not do it without them. They do an excellent job. Please do share our podcast, the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and the Encouragers innovation and audio with others that you absolutely know would be interested in growing their careers in audio. Both podcasts are available right now on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally and the Encouragers. Good night.